Rob. This is a Dirty Mike show. The Dirty Mike. How are you, bro? Hi. Good. How are you? Good, man. So first question right off the bat. Yeah. What is this? What are we drinking? This is the Baldini Double Wood. It's er, it's uh, aged for 12 years in whiskey oak and sherry oak. It is uh, delicious. Yes, it'll make it'll open your mind to things that you have never had open before. And I'm going for round two. Round one and a half. <laughs> round one and a half. And chop it off too much water. <laughs> Love it, man. <laughs> yeah. We're tasting it. Man, how long have we known each other? First off, it's been a long time. I, uh, I met you that one time in the woods. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the woods. <laughs> Jesus, when did we meet? Um, what I year was Okinawa? 2008. But you were there before me. Really? Yeah. You were. You already had set the reputation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... 2008. Yeah. And we're moving into, do you remember what month you got there? Uh, December-ish, winter, winter time. December. It and we're, we're in, De- I mean, we're in January now, but December. Jesus Christ. Like December of 2023. It's like a million years ago. That is a long time. Can't even match right. Fuck it. <laughs> Number one and a half, has that yeah. quite an effect on you? Yeah, I've known you longer than uh, my future ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. Not bad, Sansa. Oh. Mm. Ooh, out. Out. Yeah. Well, that is delicious. Many, many moons, for sure. Yeah, so. We got older. For real. That's back when I started my career. Yeah. And I'm assuming that means it was your second station? Yeah. Yeah. What's new in your world now? I'm leaving. It's over. It's done. Fuck that place. <laughs> Take this job and shove it. How's retirement? Uh, it's uh, eye-opening. It's uh, eye-opening. To be honest with you, um, you don't realize how institutionalized you are until the institution lets go. <laughs> it's crazy. It's one of the, it's one of the topics uh, I've brought up to everyone else I've had on, even though I think I'm going to be restarting due to like editing we'll see with yeah. the sound yeah but being institutionalized yes and like the fears it's so funny that you use that word as it's one of my notes for a question to ask during oh. the show yeah is it's very thoughts on being institutionalized and how you'll feel mm. or what your thoughts are on no longer being a part of the institution. So since you went there, I'm trying to refine myself. Hmm. I I wasn't this way before. What do you mean by that? I was very. How do I put this? Like if you see emails, I was freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. I was hilarious. Well, maybe maybe you know I read my emails and I still think I'm hilarious. <laughs> you know, twenty years later, but like that was the person I was. I was just happy go lucky. You know, sometimes there'd be drama, but nothing, nothing like what's been going on in the career. Like, and you always look behind your back. So you're always thinking that you're doing something wrong when you're really not. And that's a, like a feeling that you have from the institution we work in. Yeah. It's anxiety. Yeah. 
Correct. It's, it's institutionalization of like, it's more than that. It's like um, you live your life to do the thing that the grand masters want you to do, you know? Yeah. The grand wizards. And uh, you're working towards that goal. No matter what you do, you're still working towards that goal. And you end up giving yourself into it after so many years. And then when they're done with you, whether it be through your own fate or um, through you just saying, I'm done, yeah, it's gone. And you're not working towards a goal anymore. And so I had to re rethink my path that I'm not, I'm not here for that purpose anymore. I'm here to make money. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done sacrificing my shit. Like I've done it for 20 years. I'm done. Mm. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, you're going to, you're going to get this feeling too, but like after the, oh, first, after the first two months, oh, you'll see it gets worse. It's terrifying. You know, me, it's terrifying. The first two months I was like, what do I do? And like, I knew I had stuff to do, but it wasn't a lot and I still haven't done it yet. So I'd wake up. Yeah. And I sit my ass down on a computer and I just watch movies and play video games all day. Every day. And then my friends would come over and be like, what are you doing? Let's go do something. I'm like, I'm like I don't want to do anything. I'm playing video games and watch TV. This is retirement? This is retirement. <laughs> so, and so, <laughs> but that's the point is, uh, is uh, you are in charge of yourself. Yeah. So you have to find things for you to do. And watching video, watch, or watching TV and playing video games is fun, but you still got to find something for you to do. Which is something I've been battling with, and uh, it's hard when you don't have that drive. And so you got to get that drive back. And that's, I've heard stories of people talking about it, but you lose everything. Like, it's like you're going through a healing process. And sitting at a computer and playing video games was ridiculous, but I think I'm coming out of that now. Because today I, I cleaned my house. <laughs> <laughs> I went through, I put applications in, like, you know, I'm doing everything um, towards a path now. And it started a few days ago, but um, it was like this week, Monday started. So it took like two months for me to, you know, get back on the rails of my life, not on the rails of the institution. Does that make sense? Oh, it's it's ringing home hard. <laughs> And I'm not even there yet. Yeah, you'll get there. It's gonna it's gonna suck. So like the last three years is worst, and you're gonna feel it. Oh, that's what I, that's what I'm walking into right now. Uh, mm? The Lucky last though. thousand days, yeah, of working for the man for for this thing. Yeah, this thing that I've always believed in. Yeah. I've always felt like a sense of purpose. Yes. And desire to do better and be a part of something bigger and make an impact, yeah, a positive impact yeah. in people's lives, but an impact nonetheless. Well, that's the that's the institutionalization. That's the right, which I think made me over the course of time a better person. Yeah, I think it made everybody a better person. Absolutely, but, but there's a cost. I'm sure. I just don't know. I'm not not a hundred percent sure. Minus the cost on my family and my children yeah. mm. i don't know what the cost is yet it's it's a deep down medical sure, medical yeah but there's other costs and there is cost 
how do I put this? So I talked to somebody last night, and I'll and I'll read you what I wrote him. Oh my! And I, I just wrote him off the bat. I didn't like, yeah. Focus. I was like, oh, I'm gonna talk to my buddy Trenton. Um. So I said, uh, you know, hoping your family are doing well. About to retire. Either I go get a good job or I travel over the United States. Um, still planning to stay in? Question mark. I was asking. Remember you being. Er, remember you're being institutionalized. Don't bring it home to your family. Give them grace and mercy when things don't work out. Always remember they are your family, not your shipmates. That's deep. It's <laughs> very deep. This is my musings at zero four hundred in the morning when I should be asleep, but I'm retired. <laughs> But you know, um, the point the point is is that uh, being part of the military has rewired our brain and to expecting excellence, expecting perfection. You will listen to me, and you will do what I tell you to do. And I think sometimes we bring that home, and it kind of messes up our relationship. I know my daughter and I have a bad relationship. I wish I had some of the things I did with a discipline I didn't do. Mm. But it is what it is, you know. Um, man, if we were going into an episode just to regrets, talk about oh yes, multiple decades of government service and then <laughs> the effects of parenting. Mm. You know, yeah. for, for me personally, I, I I can't even I the best I've ever heard that rings so true to me mm. about parenting is it's nothing. But mistakes. Yeah. There's no manual. There's no list of things that you're supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, permanent damage there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that stayed with me a long time. And and you don't realize the effect. Until they're later. Yeah. Until much later. Well, and, I think that I did something right. I hope. Okay. Because she thinks that drinking and smoking and doing all their stuff is stupid. Mm. And I'm like, and then she's, she's aware of the horrors of mankind. Um, so she's not naive going into the world. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that, but. My son got me to stop smoking. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. I was like, you're doing drugs. Number one, two or three. One. Yeah, good. He's Good for him. He says, Dad, Mom, I know you guys go out back onto the patio and do drugs. They're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. Yes, number one. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Chill, man. He's like, you smoke? Smoking is drugs? Coming home from school. How old was he? Six? Mm, it's been no. Mm. He at fifteen, yeah, maybe six, seven. Mm. I don't know when they have that talk in school. I actually quit. That's how we met. We were at the smoke pit. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I used to smoke after a long run. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, no, I stopped smoking when we started running. Mm. But I stopped smoking when he was born. No, so, really. Yeah. Uh, right before it, actually, I just stopped. This is delicious. I know. Fucking amazing. Here, top it off. Okay. And you get, I'm, I'm at the end right now. And, get, and I want to make the noise. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5.
Ooh. As I bounce it off the table. Ew. Ooh, pretty. Oh, that's going to taste amazing. It's going to warm you up inside. I'm feeling right now. When we get done with this, we're going to be talking about. Wasn't that a brand new bottle? Yeah, we're, we're talking about some real shit. <laughs> We've been talking for like ten minutes. How did we down half, <laughs> half of a bottle? Uh, they're big glasses. So they're great. We're not alcoholics. They're just big glasses. You sounded so clear being up close. So uh, you were talking about getting uninstitutionalized. Yeah, wow, that was loud. I think that being uninstitutionalized. Mm, I think that there's a uh, a limit to how much we can pull out of it. Yeah. Mm. I think there's like a limit to how much we can get out, but you got a lot of healing to do. You got to forgive yourself for some of the things that occurred. And, uh, yeah. And I'm not saying that we, we do bad things. I'm just saying that when you're in, it's different. I don't know how to say it, I guess. That when you're in, it's different? Yeah. Like, you are required to do things, and then you tell people to do things. And, um... Yeah, that... Le- I mean, that's getting into leadership, though, isn't it? Yeah, you have to you have to put your feelings aside, and you would never tell anybody you cared about to do those things. Mm. And you would never tell anybody like that that way. But you have to get them to do the thing that you need them to do. And you need to be clear. Like, I could never talk to my kids that way. Yeah. No. And then, uh, then you... That's deep all by itself. Yeah, and then you realize that... uh that you may have caused damage to that junior military member by talking to them that way because the, we're no longer in the age of where we grew up and we got spanked every five minutes. You know, isn't that true? <laughs> so these kids don't even know what's going on. And so I, I pulled back the last five years. I've stopped doing that. But you know, you uh, you realize that uh, there's a different way to lead the new generation, and some of them don't want to be led at all. Some think they're better than you. So what's something about leadership that you've taken away that you're going to bring, even once you're out of the institution, what, what's something you're going to bring back into the, the the real world, as they say? I mean, for leadership, it's about communication. For me, what I've noticed is communication. And... um communication is key in all relationships i mean that's true <laughs> Keep that, i mean that's what i mean not that our marriage was in any sort of way not yeah going well but i mean that was the the real turning point i mean i mean i don't know about getting into the discussion of marriage but yeah the point at which our marriage went from You, I don't know how else to explain it. Everyone has a different way of mm. getting into what is love and what is marriage. But no matter how you play with it, marriage at one point or another goes from what's partially lust, not love, mm. to love. Mm. What is the work, the job that is... Mm-hmm being married mm-hmm. and I know you know what I'm talking about because it's 
just a difficult road and thing to be a part of. But yeah. Since I'm on the subject, I'm just going to continue, yeah. which is, and punch your table and hurt myself. The point at where it goes from, for me, in my experience, what is, I would say less when the bubbles, you know, I think scientifically from what I've heard, I don't have any, I don't have anybody to look it up for me, but the excited things, butterflies in the stomach. Oh yeah. Craziness that is marriage for, I think from what I heard, you know, like about two years or so where everything's just butterflies and rainbows and nothing can make it angry to where it turns into a job. Yeah. When marriage becomes a job and then you really have to get to know each other. Yeah. Your beard sounds amazing. Like that. The going from, yeah, from the fun honeymoon phase mm. to what is work, right? And then the troubles that arise through that finding who you are as a team. Mm. And especially in government service, they, they, they just put it, you know, you can't talk about anything. Everything's so secret. And, you you know, I think a lot of young people, especially if you marry really young, myself included, but anybody who marries young, you're not sure what should and should not be talked about, be talked about mm. especially with your job. Yeah. And going and... That sounded intense. Going and experiencing the the different emotions, communication style, like it does become a more serious thing. And it it gets difficult, especially two years, but at at the two year point, but working through that, the thing that like made everything better was communication Mm. and you hear it every time that you have a any sort of survey on leadership or discussion about what makes a department a command or someone else better yeah what's the main thing that always comes up and that's communication yeah and it makes your team better yeah. It makes your workplace better. It makes everything better with good communication and yep, expressing your needs in a way they understand. Yeah. Like I had one this is when I first started realizing how you just talk to people and not yell at them. <laughs> but <laughs> I had a sailor who just like he wouldn't like listen and I'm like and I was like I was like, Oh yeah, pulled to the side, listen, man. I don't need you to do this because I'm just willy-nilly, whatever the fuck. I need you to do this because I'm, it, it has to get done. Right. And so, and after I did that, he was like, okay, I'll get it done, I'll get it done. Yeah. I didn't realize at the time that the entire group of people that I was leading loved me. But, <laughs> but, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. But I, I explained it. And I didn't realize that communicating what the issues are and how we need to fix them and and if anybody has any ideas i didn't learn that until like 15 years in 
Like it's just something crazy. Maybe, maybe actually around 12, I started understanding something was on there. And then they don't teach that though. It's some guy just going through some PowerPoints, you know. I think now they, they definitely try to. Yeah. But, but how long did that, did that take? Talk about like change. Yeah. Yeah. I started creeping in at 12 years and then I finally picked up probably around 13, 14 years. I'd say it's something around the same for me. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, uh, there's some people that are still don't understand that and they're in higher ranking than we are, you know? Yeah, for sure. I don't really want to talk about the military though. Then don't. Fuck, fuck the military. Fuck. Fuck this job. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I thought, I, I mean, I really enjoyed where we are going with that. I don't know. I went to an interesting place, like just talking about communication and how. Yeah. It affects everything. It affects absolutely everything. Yep. And when you're young, mm-hmm. the old saying of, you know, young and dumb, how serious yep. that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, myself included, the young and dumb, and you make decisions without thinking, yep. and you go, and you have conversations without thinking, and you say what you feel, and then applies in everything, work. Mm-hmm home yeah getting a cell phone it doesn't really matter like well i think uh you know the great comedian joe rogan said it best that some kids don't even know how to talk yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean that is what it is but yeah you know good communication um i think uh yeah so yeah so what's your plans what's your goals Make money. Okay. Yeah. This, that was super in-depth. China gave me a pretty lucrative offer. I don't know if anybody's listening out there, but you all better give me a good offer too, so. <laughs> I love it. I'm just playing. This is delicious, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's why. I mean, I bought it a long time ago. I was saving it for a special occasion, and then, like, I just. So it's already aged 12 years, but how long has it aged in the cabinet? Probably another three. Mm. Yeah. Delicious. Oh. They don't know how many years it aged on the shelf where it bought it room. Probably another year, maybe mm. two. So I'd say it's probably about 15. Somewhere between 15 and 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. But aging is actually done not in the bottle. Oh, tell me more. I don't know. I, I believe one of your hobbies you said was about alcohol yeah i don't know much about distillation though what do you know about i know about i know about how to make amazing alcohols such as beers wines meads just not whiskey yeah you can't distill it's illegal (laughs) how so uh well you see president washington they didn't like that people were making all this fucking liquor without any taxes on it. So there was a law put into place. What law is that? You can't do it <laughs> without a license. A license. And I can't get a license on base. So so I can definitely you can make. create distilled alcohol with the equipment I have for making beer. I can do it. It's easy. So you make beer? Yeah. How long have you been doing that? 10, 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of trial and error. I've dumped so much alcohol down the drain. Like, uh, the first, like, seven batches, I maybe had one good batch. 
And these are five gallon batches, by the way. So you do the math on that. 35 gallons, I had five good gallons. And I didn't even get to drink it. I brought it to a party oh, and it disappeared when I came back the next day. <laughs> like, we don't know what that shit was, but it was good. The other stuff wasn't so good. <laughs> and then I had another one I made probably number, I'd say number 15. It was really good, and uh, the tap on it was busted, and I didn't know it had like a little leak on it, so I took it out camping, and it ended up uh, leaking out through the night. Everybody got the uh, you know a few bottles, but then uh, it leaked out through the night. It was very uh, very sad. I was like, oh no, it leaked, but they said it was really good. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. And then like. Um, Moving around a lot, you have to figure out about uh, what makes good alcohol. When I started, I was in the barracks. I was in the barracks room. You were brewing beer in the barracks room? Nobody knew. Shh. Don't anybody. I was in the barracks room. And, uh, you know, I was I was married, at, you know, um, but I was uh, with what we call a geo, a geo sailor. And, geo batch or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, geo batch. And then... Uh, as a deal bachelor, you get a barracks room. And, and so I started brewing. I made a kegerator out of a small little, it's basically where you put your keg in to get cool. With uh, You put uh, your gas in there too so it can uh, come out of a tap. That's where I started. And uh, I had my fermentation chambers. Like I had two fermentation chambers. And they were gone. And they if they would have opened up the clothing closet, they would have saw like tubes going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought I was making a bomb or something. And I'd, I'd heat up the alcohol on a hot plate in the bathroom. Or not heat it, but I did what we call cook the cook, where you cook the batch of beer. I heat it up on the hot plate in the bathroom. Yep. But definitely a fun experience. I know you have a really good understanding of what it takes to make beer. Yes. And it it's already being shown, but... yeah. Would you mind explaining to me what goes into make like brewing your own beer? Okay. First, the most uh, time-consuming process for making beer is cleaning your shit. And I mean, not just a little bit. You're cleaning the fuck out of it. And then after you're done cleaning the fuck out of it, you're cleaning it again. And then when you're done with that, then you run it through a wash where it kills all the germs. It's not, it's not poisonous. It's like a, a, a highly concentrated citrus style or acidic material. You don't want to put your hands in it, but it's not going to kill your hands if you do. I do it all the time. It'll just clean your hair and stuff real good, and your hands will feel like it's smooth is what I call it. But um, after you're done cleaning, then you start the process of uh, pulling out the grains. What, what, are you, what are we going to use for a recipe? Your grains, you get your grains out, you get your... Uh, your hops out, and then you take your yeast, and then you run your yeast through a process of, of reawakening it, right? So um, I'm going through odd names for them because I forgot what the real names are, what the professionals call it. I don't give a fuck. You wake up your yeast. So you can do this two ways. You can either drop it in there, or you can get a, a beaker or something like that. You put it in there. You put some lukewarm water. Make sure it's distilled or some kind of water that you boiled to prevent having from any bacteria or any things that you don't want in your beer. Put that in there. Uh, it's got to be lukewarm. If it's too hot, it kills yeast. And then you put some 
either sugar or you can put some dry malt um, and then you put that in there, okay? And then you stir it around and you get those yeast woken up. And the more yeast get woken up, the better off you are, I guess. I've never had a problem with yeast, so I just don't do that face. But everybody says you should do that, whatever. Wake up your yeast. Yeah. You know, uh, when I first started this, there's a lot of people telling me what to do online and and these people are telling you and i went through the process of going through whatever he told me to do and i ended up with shit beer so i think there's a lot of uh myth out there and what people tell you like you can watch a youtube video about some guy making beer for the first time and they he goes through and tells you how to make beer and stuff like that but if you actually try it your beer is going to taste like poop so you don't want to do that like you want to get her book and hope to god that the guy's not lying to you and he knows what he's talking about, not just selling a book. So I I can show you books over here. There's like studies and research on wheat, water, um, yeasts. It's it's a thick book. And they're in a series. And they talk about what you need to make alcohol. So what you need to make beer. Grain, yeast, water. That's it. And hops. Sorry, hops. Fresh hops. They're important too. I mean, never so slightly. Yeah, hops all the time, huh? Yeah. So the hops, hops is also important. But those, those, that's, that's what you need to make beer. What do you need to make alcohol? Tell me. Sugar, yeast, and water. <laughs> I can make alcohol with sugar, yeast, and water. So it's the hops that gives it the beer flavor. The hops and the grain. Okay. Yeah, and the and the hops, the hops, grain. Sometimes the yeast will give it a flavor too. Yeah. Um, it depends what kind of yeast you use. Yeah, there's so many different strains of yeast. But um, going back into it, so we started off, right? So we just got through cleaning everything. We started our yeast up. Um, and so now we got our grains out. All right, so we go through this part called a mash. And you take your alcohol, or you take your, your grains, and you stick it into a uh, heater system, whatever system you're going to use. Like let's say you have a pot. You put it in the pot. And then you keep it at a certain temperature, and there's a threshold, right? So if it's too far above this temperature... This, this specific temperature is 155. Then you're going to start releasing tannins. It's going to make your beer taste bad. It's not good for your health, yada, yada. What do you, don't, don't do that. But if you keep below that, there's certain thresholds in that too. So like if you go um, really low, like in the 140s, it's going to be like a more drier beer. I can't get this off the top of my head, but it's, uh, it, it's that process. So the higher temperature you go, you get more of a tasteful beer. The lower temperature you go, you get more of a drier beer. And what this process is doing, what the mash is doing, it's about an hour. Some people do it longer. But what this process is doing is uh, removing the sugars from the grains. Remember when I told you how to make alcohol? Yeast water. Yeah. Or not, yeast water sugar. Basically, you're, you're, you're drinking um, yeast shit and, and, and piss. <laughs> so that's that's what beer is. That's what alcohol is. Um, and so then alcohol, yes. So then uh, you get your taste off the grains. There's some flavors off the grains you're going to get, and then you from that process inside the time frame the the mash, you start uh, chemically separating the chains of sugars that come out, and the longer the chain, I believe I could be wrong. You have to forgive me, all the people listening. I can't I have not researched this in a while but it's basically the chain of sugar is reduced if you go um it builds as you get hotter and it's smaller as you as you lower so the different taste dry or are sweet um you can't have a you can't have a dry sweet it's not not possible 
You can't have a dry, sweet... Yes. ...in your alcohol? No. No matter... Well, I'm pretty sure somebody's figured something out. I mean, you can use, like, alcohols that don't don't uh, break down, or uh, sugars that don't break down. Sugars like milk sugar. You can put that in there. That's what you... Where you get your... Uh, your uh, What's it called, Dave? Milkshake IPA. Okay. <laughs> have you heard of that before? No. It's a sweet IPA. Interesting. Yeah. You can have sweet beers. You know how you take, like, tastes like a black beer? Okay. Or a dark beer? Yeah. Not a lager. Like an actual dark beer and it tastes kind of sweet. Have you ever had a sweet beer before? I hope to soon. Oh, yeah. Well, one day when you get older and you're able to drink alcohol. Uh, I'm almost 21. Okay. 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 Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do, do you... Go ahead. Okay. No, we go ahead. You're asking... No, you were saying something about sweet, but do you... You brew your own beer. You obviously have gone through a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Ups and downs, backs yeah. and forths. Like, do you have a place for people to find this information? No. Do you have a plan to sell your own beer? Yeah. So I want to start a brewery. Um, that's the plan. And I've been working on wines and I've been working on meads. Um, I, I know that uh, beer is kind of hard to sell. Um, beer makes people bloated and chubby and fat and they don't feel good and everything else like that. So in a country like Japan, it's hard to sell, but the, the, the market is, is virgin territory. All they got sake. And there's a few like breweries and, and they're starting to build right now, but all they really got is sake, which is rice wine. There's nothing wrong with rice wine. I think sake is great. Down in Okinawa, they got Aomori. I think Aomori is really cool. It's distilled sake the same thing like but they taste different and they're using different yeast and they're using black yeast down there which is really cool so something i want to figure out later on yeah so they're using ancient black yeast what's that it's uh what's it called um yeah so it's uh all yeast is mold <laughs> right but they have an ancient yeast they used to use them from a long time ago to make the aramori and it's black yeah really cool not like any other yeast that we see. I can show you yeast for days. It's light brown, dark brown, but not black. And they have black yeast in yeah. Okinawa? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's, it's so like, I, you know, you study the ancients, the ancient ways of doing things. Like some of the Maybe. oldest alcohols, um, Egypt and things like that, they found. Um, it was a dogfish head. You know who dogfish head is? Not a clue. It's a famous brewery. They make really good beer. But he... Uh, revised a alcohol and he you know some some liberal um uh interpretation interpretation of what was used at that time but what he was able to do is they were able to take a old i think wine or alcohol uh craft yeah. from, from ancient egypt or wherever he was uh king midas's chamber or something like that yeah and he was able to recreate um the alcohol that was inside of it wow it's called the midas touch the, the Midas touch. Yes. Have you ever drank this? Oh, yes, it's, it's okay. It has it had, it had like some kind of weird lemony like aftertaste. It wasn't bad. I mean, it's, I drank it again. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's more than I could say for some beers. But um, so yeah, that was that was uh, the Midas touch. So yeah, that's that's really interesting to me. I thought that was really cool. So yeah. So when I started getting into this, I started reading about it. Like you, you, you want to see other people hear other people doing things of course <clears throat> brew dog another group um yeah. and uh 
you start hearing about story Luganitas, like they're they're I definitely know that name. Yeah. So these are these are like if you're into the craft beer world, yeah. these are the heroes of the craft beer world. But there's some beers I haven't able to I have not been able to drink Pliny the Elder, which is in Washington. Washington. Washington, yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Virginia. Right up next to Shenandoah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> No, yeah, no, I'm yeah, I'm from Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. We say Washington. We say Warsh. But nice. all the people in Virginia, they're gonna tell you that they don't say it like that. <laughs> and and yeah. I'm gonna tell you that they ain't Virginian. Mm. If you ain't close to the Appalachian Mountains, if you ain't running free in the woods, you ain't Virginia. I hate I hate to take a break in the conversation, mm. but I didn't use the restroom. Do you mind taking a quick break? Yeah, I guess I could take. No, okay, just a quick one. Be right back. Okay. And we're back from the break. Mm. Thanks for that. Sorry. Yeah. So you were telling me that uh, <laughs> you were telling me that Lagunitas is a is a legend in the used to be. Used to be. What do you mean? They sold out. To who? I mean, I don't blame them. <laughs> Shit. He was talking about how much of a struggle it was, you know, to get the bottles, get the caps, do all the things. It's pretty hard. Small business. And then uh, some big company came down. I think Coors, not Coors, uh, the same people who own Corona, which I, I don't know if it's Budweiser or not. No, I think, I don't know who fucking owns it. But... I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. Um. So they bought them out. <clears throat> now, you know, uh, this is the best of my recollection. And it was like eight years ago I found out about this crap, so. But Lagunitas did belong to a uh, individual person trying to make it happen. Hmm. And back then is when you probably had the best beer. So. So Google, through the sun, says that Corona is owned by two different companies, depending on where you're at. Mm. United States and Mexico, Corona is owned by Constellation Brands. Mm. The beer brand Modelo. Okay, so it's Modelo. Never mind. So yeah, so that's that's good. And outside of the United States, outside, it's owned by Anheuser-Busch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So outside of the United States, it's owned by an American company. So... But back when they were a individual person, like yeah, uh, uh, craft beer, um, I had the privilege of being in California at the time, and I was able to taste their beer directly. It was different. It's different now. You can buy Lagunitas, and it's not bad now. It's still the same recipe. I think they just did a few shortcuts. Um, but you know, getting back into beer. Um, so I can explain it to you better. Um, when I, when I first started smoking cigars, um, you would notice that the same cigar you smoked last year didn't taste as good the next year. And you try to figure out why. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because the tobacco is not always going to taste the same. Maybe it got too much sun. Maybe it didn't get enough sun. Maybe the soil didn't have as much fertilizer in it. Maybe it had too much fertilizer in it, you know. And there's so many different variables. Maybe there was too much rain. Maybe there wasn't enough rain. And that goes the same with grains, too, and hops. Mm -hmm. 
so the uh the process of making beer it's not always going to be the same but when you have major corporations come into it they got it down to a science and the majority of the beer is always going to taste the same now um i was able to they have it down to where every beer tastes the same every time every time like the brand and it will the variables will be so minute that you won't be able to taste it Okay, and then like so they'll have they have where the grain is made, and they do their best to keep the grains like they own where it is, or yep. they at least have a monopoly on it. Farms full of Budweiser grain only. Farms full of Budweiser hops only. And the smaller breweries, I guess, is what you're saying. Mm. Craft beer. There we go. The craft beer is they'll buy their grain. Yeah. But they're, the grains are coming from, like, multiple locations. Some of them will buy them from Germany. Some of them will buy them from America. You know, there's there's a there's a process of, of how that goes. So it's, uh, your beer is not always going to taste the same. But if you have a brewmaster. Yeah. Someone who knows what the hell they're doing, they're going to get it pretty close. And, um, and it's still going to taste good. It's just not going to taste the same. So what I'm talking about is my new taste. Still tastes good. It just won't taste the exact same. The same. Yeah. So when we talk about this, I'm going to refer to um, you drinking a beer. Uh, let's say you don't know about craft beer very much, and you drink it one year, and you drink it the next year, and you think it tastes the same. Versus someone like me who samples all the beers and knows like a different beer taste and things like this, like a connoisseur. Yeah. A con- yeah. They're going to notice different tastes. Mm-hmm. So like cigars. Yeah. Like somebody who smokes a Rocky Patel and like maybe a Gurkha, things like this, they're not going to know the different taste of the cigars. Okay. But if you get somebody who's smoking a furl flying pig. A furl Flying pig, pig or an opus X. Okay. Do you have, able to tell? Do you have these types of cigars? Yes, sir. I have. I owned a cigar business when I was in California. <laughs> tell me more. Now we're gonna start with. We'll go back to alcohol. We'll go to. The okay, cigar. we'll we'll finish up with beer and I'll go then. Talk shit about California. Well, when I talk about the cigars, I think my chair is squeaky. Do you want to swish it out? Yeah. It's pause. Yeah, it's pause. Look at the chairs. What's up? Sorry, guys. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. Welcome back to the Dirty Mike Six. So, <laughs> <laughs> so about brewing alcohol. All right. So we'll get back into the making of the beers. So um, we talked about the mash and what temperature it has to be at. If you go too high, it's going to take your beer and it's going to make it into something you don't want to have. Go too low, it's not going to pull out all the sugars you want out of the beer or out of the grains. So that's called the mash. Once you're done with the mash... You pour all that what's left over into another pot where you start the cook. And the cook is where you start bringing up to a boil and you start getting all the impurities out of that. And uh, it's a good thing. You don't want all those impurities in there. So you start boiling it up. It's a rolling boil. Don't do it too much. You don't want to scorch the bottom of the pot. And then you start adding in your hops, certain intervals. Uh, forward hops are going to be bittering. Uh Last minute hops or what we call um, the whirl are going to be for your uh, aroma flavoring. So early hops and yeah, 
Forward hops? This is a forward hop. So beginning of the boil or the cook. So if you start early. If you throw those hops in there, they will turn to bitter hops. Almost all the hop brands or all the hops, uh, you know, things. So not every hop is going to do that, but most of the hops, almost all the hops are going to turn bitter. And that's a chemical and what's process. what's the, the later hops called? So the, the, the aroma and flavor. Aroma and flavor, yeah. You're going to get a lot of flavor and a lot of aroma depending on what, what stage you put it in. Some of the people put it in the whirl where it start cooling down phase. The whirl. The cooling down phase. And what they'll do is they'll inject a pump and it'll like shoot water out on the side of a barrel and move that whirl, water into like a whirlpool. So a whirlpool. Interesting. And then they'll, but there's they're hops. putting water in the hops, or they're moving the hot the water that has same water. It's just generating back through it, and yeah. so they turn into a whirlpool. How do they do that? Through a pump. They just pull water out, like a pump that's inside. Oh, they probably have it on the outside. I mean, you can have one that's inside. It doesn't matter. However, you get to the whirlpool is how you do it. It's the beginning phase of cooling down. What you want to do is you want to cool it down as fast as possible, and then throw your yeast in. And then you start what is called the fermentation phase. Once you start getting the alcohols in there, the bacteria makes it harder to grow. Also keep in mind, a, a hop is an antibacterial, which is where- Really? Yeah, which is where IPAs came in. They put the, um, the extra hops in, Yeah. the barrels of the ales that were going down to the soldiers fighting, I think, in Africa, where the hell they were. Okay. In Britain, like, you know, and um, I think this chair is even fucking more. <laughs> it's more noisy than the other oh, one. Jesus. I'm trying to I mean, arrange my big ass to. I, I know that they're like, please stop taking breaks if there's someone still listening an hour in. But why don't we swap chairs again? Okay. I mean, we can cut these out. You, you, you edit it, right? Yeah. But like, where's the break? Huh? Like, where is the point before that that I would have paused? It just comes with the recording. Do you want to take a break since we're already now talking about editing? Okay, break number three. No. For hey, chair number three. Is it really my chair's going? Oh, it's your chair. And a three. Okay. All right. So, um. Chair number three. Yep. Uh, the, the whirl. The whirl. This is where they put in this, the, the flavorful aroma hops, and that's where you get that nice smell. Okay. You ever had a... Uh, the answer is no. You, you ever had a hazy IPA? Oh, wow. I thought it was a no, but yes. The last time we went to... Uh, I don't remember the name of the bar. Uh, did you taste any citrus flavors off of it? I did. I did. The hazy. I, I've been to two bars with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. In in this area, one is here locally, hmm. and I believe that guy follows you on. Oh yeah, the um the uh was it sun sunny or sun? Yeah, sun craft. Yeah, the but the like the speci- the the very very local. Yeah, like yeah. weekend only. Yeah, he follows me. He's my stalker. Oh god, <sighs> <laughs> I'm so surprised. I'm like, yeah, I brew, and he's all like, oh yeah, and I'm like, yeah. And the three I that listen to this, I I I I listen to this one guy. I've seen him on Facebook. Mm. That's me. And I'm like, yeah, you had three leg raven, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was so impressed. I was like, oh shit, I'm I'm famous. Yeah. I'm famous, but you know, it was really cool. But then we've also been to. 
you have the glasses in Tokyo. We went to Ant Antenna America. Antenna America. Yeah. And I think you had me get in a, a hazy. Yeah, yeah. I love beer. Yeah. I love craft beer because there's so much flavor. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm drinking. It's <laughs> I just you just tell me like, hey, get this. <laughs> I'm normally looking at the uh, a a. BB, APB? APB, yeah, how, how alcoholic it is. Yeah, I'm like, oh, look, there's 9%. Give me Give that. Give me that one. See, I, yeah, I mean, I'm there too. Like, I... I, uh, I don't actually know what any of it means. I don't I don't like light beers. Okay. I, it, so, like, with more ABB, more flavor you have. Yeah. So that's where I go. Like, So the higher the alcohol level, the more flavor? Yeah, because they're trying to mask the alcohol, the, the burn of the alcohol. Like, so... The burn... Or the, the the hit. Tell me more. Well, it's, it's you know, it's it's, it's um, the process of making alcohol. Okay. Remember when we talked about um, you can get a sweet beer or a dry beer. Okay. Well, with the sweet beer, you get more flavor. With the dry beer, it's a lighter beer. Okay. So that's where you run into the how much shit am I going to put in it? How much sugars am I going to pull off these grains? So is a light beer. Easier to make, or is it easier to be more consistent, which is why so many people use it? That's why loggers are a thing, yeah. It's very easy to be consistent when you use minimum grains. Interesting. But, um, like I told you before, it also matters on time of year, the, where you're getting the grains from. But yeah, like Bud Light's the beer of the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. They got that shit down to the measurements. Same thing with cores and the big breweries, they have their own farm making their own shit. Um, you can buy grains from a specific group of people, but they're not going to be as precise with the making of their things. So, like, um, I guarantee you, like with the Bud Light grains, they got their their water down to a precision. So, like, if it rains, they don't water. How much did it rain? It rained this much. They got to water for like five minutes more. So they have the whole farm. They have the whole farm. They measure the soil. They're doing everything out of their way to make sure that the grains are exactly the same. That's the reason why you have a major corporation making that beer over and over again. Just imagine if Bud Light's beer actually tastes good. <laughs> okay. So, but like, so that's that. You know, not, you know, not to bring up Bud Light, but that just is a good example. No, I no, I, I again knowing nothing about beer. Yeah. And the processing of beer, which is why we're talking so much about it. Mm. You said that more, more, more flavor is from higher alcohol well, because they're trying to mask the burn. Yeah, so you can add more flavor to a lighter beer. Okay, they just choose not to? I don't know. Like, you can add different, you can like coriander, you can add like spices, you can add like a lot of different different flavors, but the grain flavor... yeah. It's it's kind of hard to do at a lower light. Now you know I could be talking on my ass. Some guys probably gonna say this guy's fucking bullshit. You know, so don't worry about them. But like I told you, never look the comments. Everything, everything I've learned is from myself. I've pulled off a lot of things off of books and things. Yeah. But a majority of the time, when I'm asking so-called experts on what to do, they'll mm -hmm. give me five different things, and sometimes they'll get angry, and you're like, "Why are you angry, bro? Why are you upset?" So. What do you ask them on social media? Or? Yeah, there's like groups and you go into groups on uh, Facebook was a big one. They had like one with uh, over 50,000 people on it. 
like a brewery type yeah. Facebook page? Yeah, oh, yeah, homebrewers or stuff like that. And then you would you would ask your question in there, and then you'd get a lot of people telling you what to do. And, and like, that's where people would get angry. That's also where people get angry. So if you said, why do you want to use um, this type of uh, uh, cleaner okay. for a beer when it specifically like for the, says- For the container? Well, it's, so it's um it's called Star Sand, and it's uh what's it called a disinfectant or a uh, yeah so it's sanitizer. Okay. Now you go to a bar, every bottle in there has been sanitized. Okay. So you wash and then sanitize and then you drink out of that bottle or that that cup. Okay. That's how it's supposed to be done. That prevents you from ever getting sick. Okay. So. This bottle that we have right here will go through a scrubbing phase and a cleaning phase. Okay. And then it gets dunked into a sanitizer that's not going to hurt that person's skin. And then it gets the alcohol put into it and it's served to you and then you drink it and then it goes back through the same process again. That's the cleaning process in the bar. Now, does it always happen like that? No. But is it supposed to happen like that? Yeah, it should be. Now for alcohol, making of alcohol, remember I told you everything's got to be sterile, everything's got to be clean. Same process. You clean the shit out of it, and then you dunk it into the sterilizer. And on the sterilizer, it says that do not intake, do not drink it, do not. And then they got these guys got this thing saying don't don't fear the foam, the foam from this chemical when you pour it in there and dump out everything. Don't fear the foam. It's okay to have it in there. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's fine. It probably is okay, but I'm just not going to follow that. I'll pour boiling hot water into it, which also sanitizes everything. But I I, I have never had a, a infection, which is where bacteria gets in there and turns that beer into dead things. You know, so interesting. It will it will ruin your whole batch of beer, and you can't five gallons, it. and it's just gone. Yeah, yeah, just gone. And then, well, I mean, there's certain beer, certain yeast, but you don't want to mess with that, or certain bacteria, you don't mess with that. You just dump it all. You're like, fuck it. It's infected. And then you see people with pictures, and I have never had one. I've been brewing for like 11 years, and I've never had one. Pictures of what? Uh, pictures of uh, infected uh, beer. What's it look like? Um, The worst thing imaginable. Yeah. Worst thing I mean, for a brewery, <laughs> but I mean, for an amateur. Sure, like me. Okay, let's say you're you're walking along the woods and you see this like little pond. Okay. And um, it's stagnant pond, and there's like dead fish in it, dead cats, and there's like some kind of bubbly <laughs> foam on top of it. That's what it looks like. Okay. <laughs> Disgusting. Like so, you, they know if the beer is bad. Oh, you can tell. Yeah, it, it won't. Actually, you actually drink it, you're not going to get hurt from it. Okay. It won't. It won't make you sick, but. It's not going to taste good, and it's not going to. It's probably going to smell like old band aids, and taste like some old band aids. Yeah, it's going to taste like sucking on somebody's rotten toe. It's not, I don't know what either of those things are like. Let me tell you, that's <laughs> not good. So, um, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's not. It's just a flavor. You know, you don't want that flavor. Yeah, because didn't a long 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 time ago it wasn't alcohol drinking more prevalently than water because it was yeah so the fermentation process which is what we're getting ready to get into okay um remember when i told you you cook it and then the hops and uh the alcohols actually keep it pure so 
when you boil stuff and you go through a fermentation process, that little bit of alcohol in there is going to keep it to where all that bacteria is not falling into it. But you got to get to that phase. So you have that gap of time where it can get infected. Okay. And you want to process through it that quick. So right after the cook, you bring the temperature of the alcohol down from like boiling, which is around two something, 200, all the way down to like 60, 70 degrees. And then that's the process where you start the fermentation phase. So you run it through your fermentation chamber and then you put your lid on, you secure it all down and you throw your yeast in. Oh, sorry. And uh, and that's that's the fermentation process, and that can take anywhere from a few weeks or a few days, depending on what kind of yeast you use, to a few months. It's... You've brewed beer for months? Oh, yeah. yeah. What's the longest you brew something? Six months. Yeah, that was... Uh... So meads actually go longer, but uh, for, for beer, I did a... Uh, it's called a uh, uh, dark strong ale, okay, um, or a Belgian quad, and uh, and that took about five months to brew or to ferment. You want to ferment all the way through. If you try to stop in the middle, what does that mean? Mm, so once you start fermenting, it starts bubbling. What the yeast are doing is they're going in there. And they're eating up all the sugars and they're farting and they're pooping out things and they're peeing out things, right? And the pee is your alcohol and the poop is the flavors and the farts. The farts are the CO2 bubbles that come up to the top. Okay. And um, that's all coming out up in the thing. Um, but they also release chemicals when they do that. And then when they're done eating, they suck those chemicals back in and then they're done, Right. Okay. Um, normally, when you begin your alcohol process, you put the grains in, you do this, you can calculate what your final gravity is, right? So when you start off, the gravity of the alcohol is how much sugars are inside of it. And you drop your pen, and it's actually measurement of, of how much gravity is pulling that pen down to the ground is how much you have in there. Once those sugars are eight, it goes down further, and that's your final gravity, so you take gravity how many times? I could have got that backwards, but I don't care. But so so you take it the, right after the, the initial brew, like, okay. and then you take it right at the end to make sure that you're finished. So your calculation should be almost to where it is. And mine's always off a little bit, but it doesn't matter. Calculation. So there's a lot of math? It's a little bit of math. You can do it through an app or a program. Yeah. Okay. There's programs that help you out. So, um... Yeah, that's uh, that's how to make beer. Now, how to make wine is pretty similar, just not with the hops, and you just add the grapes in and the yeasts, and I, I think you cook it too. From distillation, when you distill, yeah, you just you just do a real quick, you know, um, uh, fermentation. You're not really concerned. You just ferment the shit out of it real quick, and then have you, you ever made a wine? Um, yeah, I've made a few. Yeah. So what do you primarily make? For wine or for... Uh, no, I mean in general, what do you brew? Beer. Yeah. But I, bought, I started in the process of meads and wines because this is where I'm getting into. Um, so in Okinawa, uh, they have underwater caves and only professional, like extremely professional divers can go in there. 
Okay. And I have discovered a way to, um, not discovered a way, it wasn't me. I wasn't the fucking Christopher Columbus of finding yeast. But there's a company I can purchase kits, kits from and I can pull yeast out of the air. Okay. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have some of my buddies that are pro divers down in Okinawa. Okay. Go into these caves. Yeah. And then pull the yeast out of those caves. And then I'm going to take it back, ship it off to these guys, kind of figure out what kind of yeast is going on inside of it. And then um, they're going to ship me back viable yeast that I can use. And I'm going to begin the process of figuring out how to make the best wine out of it. And then I'm going to have a wine made from all Okinawa produce with a yeast that has never been drank before. Wow, that actually sounds really cool. Yeah, so it's going to be the most unique wine in the world. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> That's the plan. And then I want to do it again and again everywhere else, probably up to Costa, and I'm trying to open up more and more wineries. Because uh, I think Japan would be more prone to wineries, plus the taxes are cheaper and I can make a lot more wine. Yeah. So... For those listening out there, whenever this does become a thing. Yeah. Which sounds like you have a lot of planning already in it. Mm. I mean, I, you said earlier that it's a raven with three claws. Yeah, a three-legged raven. A three-legged raven. Three-legged raven, you can follow me on Instagram. And what's that? Three-legged raven is the uh, bird that came from the heavens and guided the emperor of Japan, three-span crow, the Yatagarasu. Yatagarasu. The vine crow. So throughout most of Asia, the crow has some mythological things to it. And then even in uh, Europe, where my name comes from, the crow, Byron Baru, the old crow. And uh, the crows are always something. So I just took the... And do you have a name yet? Three-Leg Raven. That's the name of your brewery? That's the name of me making the beer. The brewery is probably going to be called Yatagudusu Brewery, Yatagadasu, but I'm thinking about changing the whole concept. Okay. But for right now, if anybody wants to follow you. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah. What What's your name on Instagram? Three, just follow Three-Leg Raven. Okay. Yep. So where are we at now? You wanted to get into cigars? <laughs> I mean, sure. I'm just enjoying listening. I haven't, I haven't talked at all. Hey. <laughs> so when I was in California, I uh, really got into cigars. Okay. I didn't realize that I was just the breaking beginning point of cigars. And I started seeing that I could purchase products from an organization and it's dramatically cheaper than what's for sale out at the shops. And it's dramatically cheaper what's for sale out at ready available places like Amazon and eBay. So I was like, you know what, I see what I can do, start flipping some of these. And so I started flipping them, started doing Craigslist, eBay, Amazon, and I started selling this stuff left and right. And I started, um, I started meeting people that smoked cigars. I met one guy, uh, I forgot his name. Really good, cool guy though, but he invited me to a cigar meet and then I met a bunch of people and I realized how much I didn't know about cigars. And then um, some guy dropped a cigar on me that was called a furrow flying pig. Okay. 
and holy shit, changed my world. About the shit that I was smoking before that was trash. Oh. <laughs> like this, like this, like premium cigar. This thing cost probably twenty bucks for a cigar, and it was just. Ooh. And I, I love Sorofine plugs. I think that it's kind of diminished since then. Um, Opus X's, like there's so many different kinds of cigars out there right now that, that do the thing. And people like say Cuban, 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 it's the forbidden fruit. The grass is greener if you smoke a Cuban. No, it's not. Those don't even hold the fucking turd to the wind when these guys, these guys come in. Like I can, yeah. I can put a Cuban cigar, you can smoke that one day. It's a good cigar. And then I'll give you something to make that looks like it's nothing. And that would be a feral flying pig. Mm, feral flying pig, maybe. Back in the day, yeah. Yeah, it would have. It would Is bother. that still a thing? Feral flying pigs? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're still around. It's uh, Drew Estate. What's that? It's the company that makes it, Drew Estate. Fur Flying Pigs is a league of body blend. If you look at Drew Estate, they're going to have like uh, flavored cigars. And uh, that's the world I don't even get into. I have no idea why you even want to smoke a flavored cigar. It's like artificial taste. But if people are into it, so whatever, maybe I shouldn't, but it's not for me. Yeah. Okay. But they also, they said, okay, we're selling all these, these, uh, Drew State, selling all these cigars. Let's, uh, let's head down to, uh, uh, where do they go to? Some country in South America. <laughs> I forgot the fucking name. It's very important. And I would, t- I could tell you it off the back top of my head, but I just can't tell you right now. Anyways, um, the tobacco down there tastes amazing. And uh, they said, we're going to go down there and uh, we're going we're gonna to see if we can't make a batch of our own. And um, it, s- tobacco goes through a fermentation process, if you, didn't, if you know it or not. I had no idea. It goes through like, uh, for cigars, not for cigarettes. For cigarettes, they just cut that shit up, add some fucking bullshit that makes you get cancer, and then throws it at you. <laughs> but for cigars, they take it down there, and um, and they'll take it off. The, the whole leaf will come off, and then they'll wrap it up into a batch to water it down. And then they'll take it over to a fermentation process, and you can see all the chemicals come off and things like that. And then they dry it out, and there's like this whole thing, this whole thing about these leaves. Well, they got their own batch and they started making their own uh, Primo cigars. So Liga Privada by Drew Estate. And uh, so Liga Privada has great series. Number nines. I love those cigars from them. Um, that's uh, like premium cigar from them that I think is great. That's my go-to cigar if I ever want to smoke a cigar. But Liga Privada is like right here and uh, Furifying Plague is their best, their best up here in the top. They got a bunch of series and everybody's got their own taste, right? So, um, so from there, um, they make the cigar comes in three different parts. You got your filler, you got your binder, and you got your wrapper. Um, and you can change up the different leaf styles, where they're grown at, what type of leaf on the planet is, and then you can change up that cigar and make it, uh, make it taste a certain way and then like i told you the same thing with with beer it's the same thing with tobacco especially cigars and uh if it rains too much if they put too much fertilizer down all this other stuff changes the flavor of that tobacco plant so it might change up a little bit but um 
I don't know any more about Drew Estate or Liga Pravada. I haven't purchased cigars in the last five years. I've gone off the batch that I had when I first got here, and I still haven't ran out. So, geez, how many did you get? At one point, I had a large, what I call a two-hooker cooler. You can put two hookers into it. Jeez. Full of full of cigars. I And they're still good? Yeah. Yeah, as long as you keep the humidity right and there's no growth of mold or anything inside of it. Yeah, your cigars are good for a long time. Um, so you're really into beer? Really into beer. And cigars. It's mostly, I've, I've kind of dropped off the cigar list. Um, kind of because I don't have a bunch of friends who smoke cigars. And um, I don't know, I just kind of pulled away from it. I just, uh, I, I want to smoke a good cigar when I want to smoke a good cigar sometimes, you know. But I'd rather drink a beer more often than smoke a cigar. Does that make sense? Is... Cigars going to be any part of your three-leg raven? No. Kind of, okay. I did have a plan to do that, but let me tell you about California. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I was into this, and I started selling a lot of product, uh, not cigars themselves, but but cigar-related products. And uh, I said, well, let me get a license. So I got a license. I paid to get my license. I paid to get everything, taxes, everything was good. And uh, I got my license out of California, and I got my my tobacco license out of California, and um, I purchased a foot by foot space within a uh, place you can do that, a commercial facility where you own property, and uh, the person who owned it, the manager of that location, said, "Yeah, no problem." So I paid him up front for a full year, and then I went into um, making my web page, and. Uh, and the plan was I was living really close to a wholesaler and uh, I could purchase any to actual tobacco purchases from the wholesaler. And then I could walk across the street to the post office and ship it off to the customer. Easy day. It was like maybe 15 minute drive away from me. It's super easy to do. Um the issue that I ran into was, one, California taxes are so freaking high on tobacco, especially cigars, that my product, I would take a huge cut on any profit just to meet the the type of cigars that are being sold in, um, oh, what's it called? Rhode Island, I think, where there's no tax in Florida. There's like minimal tobacco tax at the time. So I, it wasn't really profitable for me to sell cigars. So I really wasn't. I was pushing cigar accessories because that's where I was making my money was the lighters and the humidors and the cutters and like all these other products you can purchase for cigars. I would buy it for like four bucks and sell it for 10. Um, and that was the profit. And I was doing okay. I wasn't making a profit yet. And then some uh, some guy from California ATF or whoever the fuck it was that was investigating or just checking out my, my, my thing, he said, you can't do this. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you can't just have a foot-by-foot space to somebody's. And I'm like, according to your law, I can. And then he said, I want to see your cigars. And I'm like, I don't own cigars. I don't have any cigars in storage. Like, I have my personal cigars that are for me, not for my business. He's like, I want to see those. And I'm like, that's not my business. That's my personal shit. You can't see those. I'm like, I don't store cigars. I buy them from wholesaler and I ship them right across the street. And he's all like, well, I'm revoking your license. 
And I said, at that point, I got orders to a new location. I was like, fuck you, man. And he's like, you can get a lawyer and we can meet you in court if you want it back. And how much that would have cost? 20? Easy. If you want what back? My license. So he, mm. took, he took my license because he didn't agree with the way I was doing it. Not because of the law, because he didn't agree with it. So at that point, I realized that my dream of becoming a famous tobacco or cigar maker was done. <laughs> done being being that. So, I mean, I had plans. Um, in Okinawa, they actually grow tobacco on the island. And this, I believe, is... The same tobacco that's been in Okinawa for over 700, 800 years. Wow. Back when there was a prohibition from the Japanese empire or emperor on tobacco because people were smoking too damn much of it. So I believe these are like original style of uh, tobacco. And the reason why I believe that is because um, a lot of the tobaccos have changed to a stronger type of tobacco because of uh, fungus or, um, uh, you know, uh, insects and stuff like that that eat the tobacco. And to try to prevent them from doing that, they started crossbreeding and changing things. So I think the ones that they grow in Okinawa might be the same one from the past, but I haven't been able to talk to anybody about that. You know, a seed that's been passed down from generation to generation. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, but... Uh, I gave up on that, and I'm done with it. So it's alcohols. Alcohols, alcohols. Well, I mean, your alcohol ideas sound pretty... Phenomenal, right? Phenomenal, intense. It's it's yeah. very interesting. Very. The yeast, the yeast from... Mm-hmm. Very special individual caves sent yeah. and used to make specific alcohols. Yeah. I can see that being a real thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to make a, it's going to be based off of a mango and brown sugar wine. So a fruit wine. It's going to be pretty good. I've sampled with mango a little bit. The mango kind of shows through a little bit. Has like a nice taste. So I think it'll work out if I ever can do it. Ever can. I mean, I sure hope that's a thing that you're planning on doing yeah i mean that would be awesome i mean once you get to oki yeah i just gotta get back just gotta get that job if i can get that job licensing in japan is easy and it's cheap in america you gotta fucking sell your left toe and shit (laughs) (laughs) they don't they don't fucking they're very strict on on most things for sure yeah in japan everything's very easy it's just you gotta have a place where that's all you do is brew you can't sell it there Okay. So some people get away with having two places and like they have a walkway between them. Interesting. Yeah. And um, and you got to have a license and the license is pretty cheap last time I checked. $340 and you just pay rent for a place that has running water. And that was one of the things I ran into. That's why I get a lot of experience from moving around a lot is uh, not all water is the same. Explain that to me. Oh, well, um, when you add things to water, it changes the beer's flavor. When you have less minerals and uh, more chemicals in a water, it's going to make that beer taste bad. How is Okinawa's water? I don't know. I have never tried making beer in Okinawa. 
Interesting. I haven't brewed in Okinawa yet, but uh, there are natural springs right. where you can collect water. People do that even. Um, there was one next to uh, where we used to work out of, and uh, they would have people collecting water there. And um, I would be interested to get a sample of that water, find out what's going on inside of it. Because I guarantee you that's full of minerals and all kinds of goodness that will make a beer taste even better. So water water is a key piece of the ingredients of alcohol. So have you ever heard of blue water zones? No. Speaking of water, you know where some of the longest living people live? Um... Blue zones. I've heard blue water zones, blue zones. Where are they? Okinawa? <laughs> uh, in the States, I believe it's Loma Linda, California. Mm. Then there's a place in Costa Rica, Italy, Greece, mm. and then Okinawa, Japan. Yeah. And you know, the longest living people on the planet. Yeah are women from Okinawa. Really? Yeah. Yep, because the men are out there doing all the hard work. Eating. <laughs> but I mean, like, the longest living people are tend to be congregated in these, air quotes here, blue zones. Yeah. And so, I'm sure it has something to do with the water. Yeah. Which would be really interesting if you're able to harvest water from... Yeah, it's very easy. You can just go there and get the bucket. One of those specific... <laughs> The bucket. <laughs> it's like there's like so. Last time I was there, I saw a guy with a uh, truck, a water truck, and he had a hose hooked up to it, and he was just filling that shit up. It's a natural water spring, and a, and then they have kids in, in the in the pool right next to it, swimming around. Yeah, but just thinking about the fact of these these blue zones, mm. and one of the blue zones being Okinawa. Yeah. And then wanting to make this very unique alcohol. Yeah. From, I mean, Japan already has very unique alcohols. But, oh, yeah. And long traditions with it, but starting something new. Yeah. Starting something new, but pure. Right. With things that only come from that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then having the water also be from there. I, I'm, I can only imagine it being quite, quite the experience. Yeah. I hope I do a good job. Oh, me too. I mean, I wonder, who, who would... You know, the yeast can be bad, though. Horse, we can though. pull out that yeast and, like, make the beer, and it just tastes straight up like butthole, you know? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, fuck, hey, guys, go to a different... <laughs> different game. It's just... It's just yeah. like butthole. Call the call off, guys. Go to a different game. Exciting. Yeah. It is, it is a thing that uh, I hope I can do. Shit. Like, if everything works out... I can start this stuff up in June and then uh, go from there. I mean, I know people through my, um, you know, I kept with the cigar thing. I still make a lot of friends with cigars. And uh, when I was in my last command in Yokosuka, I started the Yokosuka Pipe and Cigar Club not knowing that it would get to 150 people. And that's a Japanese cigar association would uh, be friends with us. And the Japanese Cigar Association um, has a lot of uh, artist art, artists and a lot of people um, who would appreciate that kind of thing. And uh, 
I could probably get them to put the word out and make it an international thing, you know, or a national, Japanese national thing. Oh, man, it's so exciting. Mm. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine, like, once I can get into it, once I get to licensing and once I get all the equipment that I need. Yeah. Not this homemade shit that I have. And it's not as bad. I mean, but, I've had some of it. It's delicious. Yeah, but the real equipment, the professional equipment. And and having the tools to make something as perfect as I can make it. Yeah. And I wonder what that tastes like. Because, I mean, I, I do my best with what I have, but it's not perfect. Like, there's things that I can't do that a professional stuff can do. So, yeah, that's that. That's that. Let's talk about, like, something else, like IAs or something. And, or Send it. Intelligent. <laughs> What's an IA mean? Um... Sorry, artificial intelligence, AI. AI. Yeah, what do you think about the AI stuff? I find it very interesting. I know there's a lot of fears and mm. concerns. I've never I've never been in a position to ask or talk about some of these things where Yeah. people talk about these programs generating some pretty Oh yeah. unique if not terrifying stuff and I they make hot chicks too. <laughs> I've I've only used like the, the dirty mic. Bing Bing with ChatGPT. Yeah, I use ChatGPT yeah. four. I don't use ChatGPT four. I use like I don't know what the difference is. I just use a ChatGPT thing. Yeah, my, like the Copilot, Microsoft's Copilot. I don't know what that is. And I don't know if that can do the crazy stuff that people are talking about. Well, there's this app that I got. It's called DaVinci. There we go. Plug. Get the money. The money me. Money me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, I put some pretty crazy stuff in there. Um, and it created a picture of what I was talking about. And I was like, dang. So, I mean, I'm going to use that to make images for my beer. I can I can show you. Uh, oh, yeah. Completely unique. Image. Oh, yeah. And they look they look really good. Really classy. Like somebody painted them, and this is just me telling this artificial intelligence to make me a picture of an old man holding. Here, I got it right now. You can't see it. I'll yeah. shoot it to you in the text. Um, old man holding a beer. Remember, I have two beers right now. One of them is the uh, primary one that I've been working on, trying to get the things out. But I'm not going to be able to adjust it perfectly until I actually get the good equipment. But I have one called Good Equipment. Professional equipment. You mean for your beer or yeah, for AI? For beer. Okay. But let me show you these pictures. And um, I have two beers right now on tap. Okay. Grandpa's tea. All right. And I have Christmas cheer. And let me show you these pictures. I asked uh, this uh, this chat thing to make for me, and I can use them as a logo um, for these beers. And uh, here we go. They're coming to you now. And it's exact, almost exactly like I was imagining, especially the Santa Claus one. It was just, whoa. Oh, it didn't even fucking show it to you. Kind of crap. Stupid technology things. It's not like anyone can see it. We're not doing video. Yeah, but... I mean, it'd be cool for them. I'll post it on my Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, you can see it on my Instagram. 
What's that Instagram account? Let's get that Instagram at one more time. It's going it's to be Three Leg Raven. Three Leg Raven. You can see these pictures on my Instagram. Yeah. Oh, interesting. For the grandpa's tea. Yeah, grandpa's tea. And uh, I'll, I'll add it in the description. Yeah. And the uh, um, Christmas cheer. We're Santa sitting there with a beer. <laughs> yeah. That's a good picture. I like that one. That's like exactly what I was imagining. Like Santa's over at somebody's house and they don't leave him milk and cookies, they leave him a beer. Yeah. I told my son to do that one time, he didn't do it. I was like, you don't love Santa. And he's like, I love Santa. <laughs> Who's saying that? <laughs> I told my son that. I told my son, I said, hey son, Santa doesn't really like milk and cookies, he likes beers. So you should leave him a beer. And he, and he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Did you leave out a beer? Huh? Did you leave out a beer? No, he he, he was supposed to. Like, he, he's supposed to. Yeah, did you help him out? No. No. And I was like, you didn't leave a Santa, you didn't leave Santa a beer? And he's like, no. Like, you don't love Santa? And he's like, I love Santa. <laughs> Savage. Savage. You should have given him one. Well, I mean, not that Santa didn't get any beer. Definitely had a few beers when he was wrapping those damn presents. Ah, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you, uh, if you have Christmas and you want to wrap presents, wrap them as you go. Don't just wrap them the night before. <laughs> That's a pain in the butt. You stay up until one o'clock and then your kids wake up at five and you're like, but guess who's awake? Man. Yeah. My kids now, I wonder... I, I do really, I, I don't remember the last time I asked, but I do wonder if they believe in Santa still. No. I don't, I don't think so. I think, with technology and everything now. I think your eldest kind of killed that one. My, my, my daughter kind of killed it for my son. Yeah. Just shot him. Yeah. Shot him down. Santa's not real. Cause daddy doing all this stuff. And he's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, the family Christmas parties and stuff. Hmm. And they have like set gifts that they give to everybody, but parents are allowed to bring mm. their own presents and give them to the children. Yeah, yeah. There, I always feel ridiculous that they'll do these command Christmas parties. Yeah, for the families, and then people can bring their own gifts, and then people bring gifts that are drastically like polar opposites of the spectrum. Like someone gets a Barbie, the other kid gets a PS5. Yeah. <laughs> and then try to explain that to your children. Like, oh, grandpa, or not grandpa, you know, Santa didn't love you as much. No. I remember that when I was a kid. I got socks and my cousin got like freaking this awesome toy. And I was like, Mwah. and yeah, I don't put up with that shit though. My kids... My son tried to pull something like that, and he's like, Lana got my presents to me. I'm like, you got more shit than Lana. Her son. Yeah. My daughter. Yeah. 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 So, um, artificial intelligence. Art well, tell me what you want to talk about on artificial intelligence. Well, I, mean, I really don't know much about it. A lot of people are scared about it. Uh, no, for sure. But I don't think we should be scared about it. I think it's mixed. I mean, I'm not saying that Elon Musk is the well, he, the, he the like knower of all things, but man, does he have an aversion to 
Yeah. Well, it's when they start doing general artificial intelligence, it starts thinking on its own, doing something. And I don't know if it's really that going to be... Like, so somebody can program artificial intelligence to kill everybody. Uh, I mean, elaborate. Like, so all artificial intelligence is, is a program made by somebody. That's it. It's not going to do anything more or anything less than what it's been programmed to do. It can't change this program. Yet. I mean, it would have to become self-aware, and it just can't do that. Yeah. I mean, it can pretend to be self-aware. What? what? If it's programmed to preserve its life, mm-hmm. then it's going to preserve its life. It's It's yes and no. Like, it's zeros and ones. That's all it is. Once they start making its own codes, then I'll be concerned. But like some of the things they're talking about is like it, uh, it's artificial intelligence talking back to each other, and you hear it, and they're going, oh, uh, 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 and I'm like, no, that sounds like a stupid ass computer program, fucking jeez. And he's like, no, it's a new language, and I'm like, you guys have no clue how computers work. <laughs> what did you guys forget to to boot the fucking program correctly? But, uh, no, I mean, like, and then, oh, we have to shut it down and that, yeah, okay, whatever. Either way, our next evolution, if we don't figure something out, we're fucking done. We're done. And that's the bottom line. So if we don't find some way to get computers to assist us to get us off this rock, we're done. It's that simple. And this goes into my whole theory of, like, how this is not the first time we've been at this level on this earth. Oh, I believe, I believe that. So we can already prove that there's been several ice ages before. Right. And other civilizations. And other civilizations. But let me ask you a question. How long is the oldest building or any kind of man-made structure on earth? How old is that? Tell me. I mean, how old is it? Give me. How much in the pyramids? So pyramids, how old? Or just 6,000. I mean, I've heard 12. Go 40. Let's go 40,000 years. Okay. How long do you think an ice age lasts? Longer? Well, a lot longer. Millions. Now, if that thing is starting to erode at this age, 40,000, how many thousand years do you think it's going to take for it to completely erode away? I have no idea. Well, we have we have different structures on this earth that look like a mound of mud, and they're probably 100,000 years old that are possibly human-made, but we'll just say it is human-made. So the point I'm trying to make is is that if we had a civilization on Earth, and they existed mm-hmm. before, in the before, millions of years ago, what is some way they can prove they were here? We can't. I have no idea. There's nothing. No way. Unless it's trapped underneath ice. Well, I mean, especially if they were in a digital age like we are. Yeah. I mean, we're getting further and further away from paper. Mm-hmm. And then if electronics went down. Yep. So um, we can tell, like, uh, so back in the, I think, 1600s, there was a volcano. Okay. And um, all of Europe was covered, not covered, but all of Europe was overcast for a whole two years, I think it was. The Dark Ages. Before that. Okay. This might have been what led into the bubonic plague area where... Things like that. Okay. Um, volcano erupted and crops failed and it was basically night for two years in, the, in all of Europe, in Arabia. And just think about that. 
from a volcano. And there's I know I don't want to think about it. What would happen if that happened today? I, I, I yeah. have no idea. I don't think people... If I mean, I feel like people are more resilient. It, it, possibly, but like, let's take major producers of, of um, food. <laughs> Who is that? America? Yeah. I mean, if I can Google it. If I can Google it. Who's the major producers of world food? I'm already, I do believe it is. And let's just it's assume it's, it's America. Let's assume it's America and we'll say China, right? No. Oh, shit. You'll say they're both massive producers of food. Let's say um, let's say uh, Yellowstone blows up, and it covers goes into the upper stratosphere. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take a long time to get that stuff to go down. The Earth is gonna cool. We're gonna have a straight winter for month or for years. And uh, that's the thing that people don't quite fucking understand. Like, if it's not that, the sun could fart or a uh, uh, sun uh, ray or whatever you want to call it. A, a, a solar flare or a sun fart. Solar flare, sun fart. And um, that can wipe out half the Earth's electricity. Like, we have so many things that could occur. I was absolutely wrong. It says the, uh, the largest countries that producing food are China, India, U.S., and Brazil. Yeah. So let's let's say that, you know, half of that goes missing. What's going to happen to the Earth's population? Not nothing good. Mm. Half the Earth is going to die. It's going to cause a major problem. Hmm. And um, not just a little bit of a problem. You think China's going to start producing more food? No, they're already at capacity. Like if 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 uh, Yellowstone goes up. And all of America is covered in this soot in the upper stratosphere, and it's just covering the sun, and it's just straight freaking nighttime for two years. We can't grow shit. Definitely nothing good comes from that. Yeah. But how do you even survive? Die. Yeah. If it happened in China, it's even worse because there's more millions of people there. Yeah. At China, if it happens in China, it's going to happen to India because they're right next to each other. Yeah. There are billions of people there. You think America has enough produce to save those people? No. So what happens? Nothing good. Nothing good at all. Like, we're talking like as easy as a volcano erupting. Large volcano. Which is already going on right now. Mm-hmm. splitting. Isn't Iceland right now have a bunch of volcanoes that popped in? Yeah. There's like a lot of things going on. But it's just like, and that's even even Elon Musk talks about, we got to get off this, this rock. We got not being a single planet yep. species. Yep. And uh, and that's the thing is how many times have we reset? How many times in the past have we reset? I'm not quite sure, but I don't definitely don't want to think about it. <laughs> Probably a lot. So it's very interesting. So if we don't make AI and we continue down this path of what we're doing right now, which is a whole lot of not, like yeah. we're making things better, but we're not advancing fast enough. Um, I don't think we're going to get very far, but if we make AI, there's a possibility of something of us continuing on after that issue occurs hmm. because AI doesn't need to eat. AI definitely doesn't need to eat. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. 
Tippity-tappity. Tippity-tappity. Well, I think we've been going for... A long time. No, not at all, but about probably close to an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to take a break or do you want to call it here? How are you feeling? I'm going to call here. We can do another time. Okay. Get more of me talking and drinking massive amounts of alcohol. Delicious alcohol. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I really feel like there was a lot of stuff that we could have talked about. Oh, we talked about a lot more. Yeah. But I have to say that I think yep. your ideas on, on beer and wine well, and your ideas in Okinawa, which we spent a big portion of the time on, I think were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put it in the description, but your Instagram is three leg Raven. Okay. It's a three leg Raven. Peacock. <laughs> I really, really do appreciate you coming on yeah. and taking so much time out of your day and uh, having me over. Mm. I really do look forward to it again. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Everyone's going to enjoy as much as I did. They're going to be like, this guy knows way too much shit. No, no. <laughs> but again, thank you so much for taking time and coming on. And I really would love to do it again if you're free. All right. All right. Well, uh, bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> thank you again, guys, for tuning in.